Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com. Now, let's enjoy this week's message. I want to talk to you this morning from a message that I'm calling Finding Order. Finding Order. Now, I know you don't have a bulletin in front of you, and for some of you, that's going to be a challenge this morning, but it's okay. It's all right. If you want to open up your phone and take notes in your notes app or whatever, it's not going to bother me at all. You might want to take some pictures of the screen. Good. Thank God for technology. Use the thing. Use the thing. I want to talk to you from a message that I'm calling Finding Order. I think back to several years ago, I got invited to go on a trip to India a mission trip, medical mission trip to India. And we went to India, and I didn't know much about the place, but what I learned really quickly in India is either they, either they don't know how to drive at all or they're very good drivers. I'm not sure which one it was. Anybody here ever been to India? Okay, I see one hand here, a couple hands. Yeah, 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 three hands, yeah. If you've ever been to India, man, you go out into the streets. Like, like first of all, there's really no order. There's no rules to the traffic. Second, India is completely overcrowded. So there are millions and millions and millions of people everywhere. So, so you go out and, and get in a vehicle and go somewhere, and it's huge trucks, and it's, 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 it's transfer trucks and big trucks and cars and motorcycles and donkeys and whatever other means of transportation you can imagine. Imagine going into New York City and there be no traffic lights, there be no rules, and everybody's just going when they want to go, trying to figure out how to get there. Get there if you can. If you're too timid, you're going to be stuck on the side of the road. That's what it was like. When I came back from India to come back to the United States, now come on, y'all, we live in Danville. We know some of us ain't quite got this driving thing figured out yet, am I right? You get back to get back get back home to the states though it will make you so thankful for for lines drawn on the road It'll make you thankful for a stoplight that says you go now and you go then. It'll even make you a little bit patient when you get to that four-way stop. Okay, you're on the right, you go next, and you're on the right. People don't, don't know how to do that, whatever. There is order to the thing. And when there's order, things get better. I like for things to be order, uh, orderly. But can I tell you something? I love order. I want things to be in order. I like for it to be a particular way. But can I tell you something? I create so much chaos in my own life. And, and I like for things to be a certain way, but what I realize about me is I'm, I'm a chaos creator. So when I walk in our house, if you've ever been in our house, you, you walk in uh, to what we call a little mud room, and in our mud room, there's some like, like cubbies there, places where you can hang your coat, put your hat, you can store a few things. Well, that's a great idea until I put my drill there, and then there's a battery there, and there's a thing for push-ups, and there's 44 things. I don't even know what it is. should have been put away somewhere. Chaos. I go to my bedroom, and I can't even blame Jackie because this is my nightstand on my side of the bed. I'm all talking about, well, let's put things in their place and everything have a label and da-da-da. Look at the side of my bed right now. It's going to be some toenail clippers. It's going to be a phone charger. It's going to be some bills, some receipts, probably a drink from last night. Like, what am I doing? It drives me nuts. Shh, they're there now. They're there. Women to be quiet in church. Be quiet now. I look, at, I look at the mail. Like, I, how many of y'all, are, uh, raise your hand if you're the person when the mail comes in, you deal with it right then when it comes in. Okay, yeah, weirdos, freaks, I know. 
So, so the mail comes in, and I look at it, and I'm okay, this one's for this kid, this one's for it. But, but my stack goes right at the little thing beside, uh, beside my recliner. And the problem with that is it just piles up. It just piles up. I go out to my shed, and, and it's my shed. I'm the only one that has a key to the thing. Can't blame the kids. Can't blame Jackie. Can't blame nobody. Go in there and can't find nothing. Chaos. It's chaos. I drive myself crazy, man. Um, but that's what chaos does. I like order, but I create chaos. You know what chaos does? Chaos creates anxiety in my mind. Chaos creates anxiety in my mind. Keep in mind now that I'm coming back to talking about finding order, and I'm going to connect the dots for you in just a moment. But chaos creates anxiety in my mind. Let me give you an example. My little stack of bills that I let stack up beside my recliner, um, in my mind, day after day, week after week, I know there's a stack of mail there. And if I'm not careful and I don't sort the junk mail out, that stack goes bigger, 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 bigger. And I know there's a couple of bills in it. And day after day, you need to pay that bill. You need to pay that bill. You need to pay that bill. And by the time I finally come around, okay, I need to sit down and pay these bills. In my mind, it's like this red honking horn that's going off. They're going to come and take your house away from you. But when I sit down and I go through my stack, oh, that's junk. That's junk. That's junk. And I get down and there's two bills in the thing that need to be paid like a week from now. What am I saying? There's anxiety in my mind when I get out of the chaos and get to the order. It's never as bad as I thought it was going to be. You tracking with me? Chaos causes me to lose things. When I go out to my shed, man, so many times I go out there and, and like, like it's summertime and we're going we're to cut grass and I get my weed eater out. Man, I'm out of string. I need, I need some string for my weed eater. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I can't find anything. Hey, babe, I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to run to Lowe's, get some weed eater string. Come back. Let me fast forward a couple of months to one of those days when it's time to clean up the shed. Guess what I find in that shed? 14 rolls of weed eater string hidden down beneath the clutter. Chaos causes me to lose things. Chaos causes me inefficiency. Um, New Year, a great way to think about things. Um, when, when, when I can be orderly in my day, if it's Sunday and I'm thinking about tomorrow I'm starting a new week, if I have a plan for my week, then I can be efficient, I can be effective. If I have a plan for my finances, okay, this is how much money's coming in, this is what has to go out, I can give every dollar a name on paper before it gets here, man, I'm clicking. But how many of y'all know that if you don't give your time a name, what will it do? It will fly out the window. You will go through a whole day, and you, you, you've been busy, but you look back and you think, what have I done? You haven't done anything because you've let chaos rule. How many of y'all know that if you don't have a budget and you don't have a plan for your money, and if you don't tell your money where to go, guess what it'll do? It'll go to Buffalo Wild Wings, and you will order 17 wings, and you didn't need but three of them. And you will, you'll be on Amazon. Where my Amazon? Raise your hand if you're sitting beside an Amazon person. Come on. I mean, right. <laughs> right. Knows you by name. Sends you a birthday card. That's terrible. Terrible. Well, so I know that I need to get rid of chaos. And I know that when I get rid of chaos, I find order. And in finding order in my life, guess what I find? I find freedom. When I get rid of chaos, I find order. And when I find order, I find freedom. And to put it simply, I'm going to say this over and over today. I want you to get this. Order equals freedom. Everybody say that. Well, God wants you to live with order in your life. God is a God of order. He says, let's do everything decently and in order. And God wants you to live with freedom in your life as well. And if you're not, 
if you're not. Like, like you hear this message about freedom. You say, man, last week you talked about two trees. I just want to get free from some stuff. Go back and listen to that message again. It'll, it'll, it'll get you started in a pathway that will help you to find freedom. Today I'm talking about order. You're saying, man, I just want to quit doing the things I don't want to do. What's this all about? Stick with me. I told you last week this series is going to build week after week. You figure out that tree of the knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life. You figure out order versus chaos. You're going to figure out how how to set yourself free through the power of God. And I want to help you do that today. That's where we're going with things. Um, order equals freedom. Well, the key to finding order is understanding the elements of me. The key to finding order is understanding the elements of me. Now, you might hear that and have a flashback to your high school bio, uh, biology class, right? What do you mean the elements of me? Are we talking about cells and mitochondria and bones and blood and organs? Let's make it a little bit more simple than that. We look like a little simple crowd this morning. Let's make it a little bit more simple. I'm talking about three elements that make up each and every one of us. And my guess is for a lot of us, we have these elements out of order in our life. And when we get these elements out of order in our life, we are drawn by the wrong forces. So go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Says, this is Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica. He says, may God himself, the God of peace. Now, now stop right there. That's a mouthful. The God of peace. If he is the God of peace, then he wants you to follow him. What's he going to lead you in? If, if, he, if he is the teacher, the rabbi, and you're going to be his disciple, then what's he going to lead you? He's going to lead you in peace. Well, what's peace? We make peace out to be the absence of conflict. But, but it's so much more than that. It's not just conflict. So Old Testament, the word is shalom, and New Testament, uh, irene, I'm not saying that right, but, but both of them mean peace, and it's this picture of something that's complete and perfect and whole. In the Bible, you'll, you'll see pictures of, of this peace, this, this original word peace, and it might be a, a, a block wall, and there's no holes in the wall. It was perfect and full with no gaps in it. It's complete. It's perfect. You look at the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, before original sin, God was walking in the garden with them. They weren't lacking anything, no sin, no pain, no hunger, no nothing, but just peace and shalom, and everything was perfect and whole. Hold that mirror up to your life right now. The God of peace wants to give you some instruction. When you think about wholeness and completeness and full and everything that's needed, is that what your life looks like? Or does your life need some peace? And could God be telling you that the peace that you're going to need is going to come from finding freedom and freedom is going to come from order and order is going to come from getting some of the chaos out of your life. Does that make sense? May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. That means to set you apart. That means to cut away the things that don't need to be there. The God of peace wants to sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Your spirit, your soul, your body. He wants to sanctify you through and through. And what God's saying to you is that, that, that you, me, every one of us, we're made up of three main elements. And the order that you live your life in, 
Whatever you allow to lead you in your life is going to determine how much peace and how much sanctification you have. Get these things out of order. Let your life be led by the wrong thing, and you're going to have chaos. Let me say that again. Let your life be led by the wrong element, and you will have chaos in your life. This is simple, but it's not easy. And I want to walk you right into it this morning. Um, three main elements of me. Here's the first one. I live in a body. I live in a body. Now, that's, that's not a newsflash. We all get it that we live inside of a body. What is this body that I live in in terms of the three elements of me? Well, track with me for a minute. I live inside of this body, and this body is what houses the other two elements, the soul and the spirit. Um, uh, the body is the vehicle that I live inside of. You get this if you've ever been at the side of a bed with someone who's coming to the last breath of their life. You realize that there, there, there's something inside of that body. That, that body is not who they are. It's just, it's, just the, it's just the vessel, the vehicle that carries them around. And we get this, right? We, we all know that, that our body's going to break down at some point. Disease, old age, injury, whatever causes this body to not work anymore. And, and, and Jackie and I have, have been in those rooms over the last couple of years too many times recently where we're in that room and we're watching someone taking that last breath. And the body ceases to function anymore. But can I tell you, glory be to God that this body is not all there is. My God, thank God for that. 1 Corinthians 6, Paul says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Your body is important. It's important because God's telling us that this body is a temple. It's a dwelling place where the Spirit of God lives inside of us. He says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Well, now hold on just a second. Paul's writing this in 1 Corinthians to a church in Corinth to a group of believers. He's not writing this to people who have never accepted Jesus. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. We're going to get to how that happens in just a minute. But inside of your body, if you have not accepted Jesus, if you're someone today who you're on the fence about this whole thing of following God, being a Christian, living a Christian life, then the Spirit of God does not live inside of you. Make no mistake about that. You're on your own. It's not his plan. He wants you to accept him and follow him and let him lead you. But if you've not accepted him, you are on your own right now. He's not going to completely let go. He's tracking with you. He's giving you the opportunity to say yes. But until you say yes, he does not live inside of you. Do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit in whom you have received from God? You were bought with a price. Jesus paid a great price. We get that. And so, so our body, what do we make of that? Well, this body of ours, man, it makes us do some wacky things. Would you agree with me on that? We do some wacky things. Like I remember 20, 30 years ago being in a, being in a gym, going to a gym, and there was a guy that came to the gym, and, and he was really trying to get big, 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 big. Like he wanted to be huge. And I remember hearing him say this was a guy that everybody knew. He was putting everything in the world into his body to try to get big. And I remember hearing him say, this is my year. I am going to get big this year. I'm going to take whatever I have to take. I'm going to do whatever I have to do, or I'm going to die trying. That's what he said. He said, if I don't get big, I'm, I will die trying. And you back up from that a little bit and you think, why? Do you need to be able to lift 400 pounds to drive your mail truck that you go to work in every day? Do, do you need to be? A, no. 
He needed that because there was something inside of him saying, I'm not enough. I'm less than. I need to do something so that people will see me. I need to do something so that when people see me, they will respect me. Well, if you're led by your body, and that's what your body's telling you, you're going to spend all this time, energy, money, cut your life short by doing all of these things, and it's going to create chaos in your life. Does that make sense? It's creating chaos. But it's not just things like that, man. Uh, fasting. We're in a season of fasting right now. Thank God for people this year who are telling stories of what the fast is doing. Wednesday night, we shared some stories from folks who are doing the fast and, and are struggling with it but are seeing uh, results from it. Last night, we were at a place, we were hearing people talking about the fast and how it's working. If you're doing the fast, keep going, man. We've only been in it one week, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Man, our family's been talking about how we're seeing God, we're sensing God do things. How does that happen? Well, your body is not going to allow you to fast. Your body is going to tell you, nope, 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 don't do that because I'm going to be hungry. And your body, when you start fasting, is going to start making noises and going to start feeling some type of way and everything. Your body is screaming, feed me, feed me, like a little baby, just wah, 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 wah. And that's what fasting will do for you. It will put you in control where you're saying, body, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. But when we're led by our body, we don't listen to those things. We only want to feel good. Um, you know, the Bible refers to the flesh, and the flesh is this desire that we have to make our body feel good. And we give in to these things so often, man. Uh, we, we get fat when we sit around, and all we eat all the time is comfort food. Pizza and hamburgers and barbecue and hamburgers and pizza and barbecue, and every once in a while throw in a bowl of cereal and some ice cream, preferably Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia. Woo. You get fat when you eat that all the time and you never exercise. But your body says, give me more, give me more. Like, like your body will never say, okay, 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 I've had enough of that good tasting stuff. Give me some, give me some broccoli. Give me some, give me some. Your body's not going to say that. It's going to say, give me the, the bad stuff. And your body's going to lead you into chaos. Man, we, we, also, we also hear these desires in our flesh that say, ooh, nobody's looking. I'm at home all by myself. Let me, let me get my phone out. Let me, let me watch a little porn right now. There's nobody here. That'll be good. That'll feel good. Let me, hey, she's been, she's been blinking and winking at me, and, and I think there's a thing. And let me, I think I can get with her. And we go slipping into relationships that we have no, no business being in, and our flesh starts pulling us into these, these sexual places that God never intended for us. And you're, there, there's something inside of you that said, ooh, bad, 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 don't do that, don't do that. But there's something that's screaming even louder, yeah, 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 let's do that, let's do that, that'll feel good. And we do that, and then what do we get? We get anxiety, we get grief, we get guilt, we find ourselves being depressed because time after time after time, I know to do the right thing, God, I hear you, yeah, 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 but I can't do it. And then I find myself feeling like I'm not strong enough, I can't do enough, all the bad decisions I've made are causing all this conflict in my life, it's like my shed, y'all. It's chaos. Remember King David? The Bible says King David was a man after God's own heart, and he was. And he fought hell on this earth for God. And he also engaged in hell on this earth for David. King David walks out onto the, onto the veranda there and looks out and sees a naked woman, a beautiful naked woman bathing, and he says, mm, 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 mm. got to have me some of that. And he sends his guys down there to get her, and she comes back. What happened? He listened to his body. His body was leading him. He was being lazy. 
That, that passage of Scripture says, in the spring of the year, when kings go off to war, David walked out onto the balcony. Well, he was supposed to be at war leading his troops, but he said, nope, I've done enough. They got it. I can handle it. I'm going to stay back, chill out, just kick it here at the house. His body says, be lazy. And then he walks out there and he sees that naked, beautiful woman. He says, I want that. Even though he knew she was married, he had her brought to him. He slept with this woman that he knew was married to one of the soldiers who was fighting that very day for him. He slept with that man's wife and then he had that man killed. This is King David we're talking about. One of the heroes of our faith. Y'all, we're in good company. We are in good company. Our body, that's what it'll do to us. Um, chaos will bring all of that into your life. It will bring anxiety, depression, guilt. God doesn't want that for you. He wants to free you from all of that. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. You don't have to do all of those things. Second thing, so we're not going to let ourselves be ordered by our body or we're only going to do what feels good all the time. That's what, that's what our body will tell us. Second thing, I am a soul. I am a soul. Now, this one's a little bit harder to define than a body, a little bit harder to get your, get, your, get your thoughts around, but the soul is the center of my emotions. It's the center of my will. And the soul really is what makes me uniquely me. It's what makes you uniquely you. Um, sometimes we refer to people as souls, right? We, we talk about all the souls in this room. Well, that's an accurate description based on the Bible because each one of us, we are a soul. You're not a body. You live inside of a body, but you are a soul. Scripture talks about how uh, different, there, there, there's different accounts in Scripture of somebody breathed their last and their, their soul departed from their body. So when you take your last breath, your soul is going to leave your body and it's going to go to wherever your soul is going to go. If it's going to heaven, that's where it goes. If it's going to hell, that's where it goes. Now, there's a difference between the soul and the spirit. We'll get to the spirit in a minute. But in the Bible, you see the soul referred to a lot of times as the seat or the center of a person's emotions and a person's will. Look at Psalm 43.5. Psalm 43.5 says, Why are you downcast, O oh, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. This is an amazing verse of Scripture because the psalmist is saying, saying to himself, Why are you so downcast? And the reason that he's downcast is he's looking at his surroundings and his circumstances and everything that's going on. My guess is in your life, when you look at all of the things that are not going right, when you look at all the circumstances that are hard, when you face the mountains that you have to climb, your emotions begin to kick into hyperdrive. Your emotions begin to overwhelm you if you're not careful. That's your soul. If you, if you are led by your soul, you are led by your emotions. And so if I'm feeling happy today, I'm going to make everybody around me happy. If I'm angry about everything that's happened to me, then doggone it, if I'm going to be angry, everybody else is too. I'm going to make your day just as sucky as mine is. That's being led by your soul. He says, oh, my soul, why are you downcast? What he's saying to himself is, look, I get it that, that in my life there's all these things going on around, but talk, this is self-talk. This is inner talk. He said, how about we lift up our eyes a minute? How about we look where real help comes from? Why are you downcast, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? He tells himself, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I don't know who God's trying to talk to right now, but what he's saying to somebody in this room this morning is whatever it is that you're going through, it's real. 
and it's hard, and it's a long season, but when you praise God, even in the middle of your storm, he's going to show up, and he's going to step right into that thing for you. I will praise my Savior and my God, even though the circumstances are what they are. That's why the man is talking to God. The soul is also the center of my will. My will is that thing that just determines what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do. Ding, 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 ding. Be careful right here. Be careful if you're a person who's waking up every day and I am deciding what I am going to do. Look at what Jesus says in Luke 12. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? What in the world? <laughs> what, do, what, what do I want to do? What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. My goodness, I got so much. Every building I've got is running over. I done been to every bank in Danville and maxed out their capacity to keep all my money. What am I going to, what will I do? And he said, huh, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. What's the man saying? Man's being led by his soul. He's being led by his soul. And notice that Jesus says, he thought to himself, what shall I do? If you wake up tomorrow morning, and it's Monday morning, and you wake up and your first question is, what shall I do today? You are already getting off on your left foot. Change that to let the first thought, look, don't, don't let your first thought be, did the Cowboys win? What's the next thing? Is it going to snow this week? Who said what on Facebook? Let the first thought that you, that you engage in your mind, let that first thought be, God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for today. God, what do you have for me today? That, that's, that's slaying your, your soul, your, that, that thing inside of you that wants to lead you. Um, he came up with his own plan, and he thought it was going to be good, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous to allow yourself to be led by your soul because that's the center of your emotions and your will. You, you might remember Jeremiah 17, 9. It's not in, your, not in the outline today, but it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and wicked. Beyond cure, who can know it? Um, your emotions are fickle. You probably already know this, but how many of you know that your fickle emotions lead to chaos in your life? Well, we're working on finding order because order equals freedom. And there's a better plan. Let's go to the third one. And this is where, this is where it all should start to make sense. We've talked about, I have a body, uh, I am, a, or I live in a body, I am a soul, and I have a spirit. Well, the spirit is the part of me that connects with God. And that's so important because God is spirit. You're not spirit, but the part of you that connects with God is the spirit inside of you. In Scripture, you'll see the capital S. That's the Holy Spirit of God. You, you're not the capital S. You're the little S. There's a spirit inside of you. The spirit is what connects with God. God is spirit, and he connects with my spirit. So if we go to Galatians 5, in verse 16, Paul says, So I say, live by the spirit. Now, if I could just stop right there, this is the key to your life. This is the key to your order, to your freedom, to you finding purpose, all of those things. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the old sinful nature. That's your body. That's your soul. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Oh, we're going to fast right now? Well, I don't want to fast. I want to eat eight pieces of, of deep dish pizza right now. 
That's what your flesh will say. But God's saying, no, if you'll push aside from that, give me a few minutes. There's some things that I want to give you that's going to help you in this new year. If you live by the Spirit, you will live. But if you choose to live by the flesh, you will die. You will die every day because you're only relying on yourself. Verse 17, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature, they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. What's God saying to us? Well, he's telling these people, these Galatians, not to be led by the old desires, the sinful nature. Where do those desires come from? They come from this place inside of us that just wants to feel good. Is that a bad thing, Jeff? No, it's not bad. We all want to feel good. But feeling good will kill you. Feeling good will destroy God's ability to work in you at a high level. Feeling good is okay, but there's better than feeling good. There's being good. There's being connected to perfect. And God wants to connect to you. He is perfect. And when he hooks you into him, he's going to take you to a place that you never could have dreamed. He wants to set some people free from the chains, man. He wants to take your chaos and create order. Wow. One more verse, Galatians 5. Maybe this makes it all clear. He says, those, in verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, that's a picture of what fasting looks like. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So the Spirit of God says, stay close to me. That means you've got to deny your flesh. Okay, 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 I'm not going to do the things I wanted to, so stay with me. God says, stay with me. The trick to this thing is not getting ahead of God. The trick to this thing is not falling behind Him. The trick to this life of order is staying close to God. And there are seasons when you fast, but seasons have beginnings and ends. And I want you to hear this morning that you can live a life where day in and day out, season in and season out, you can be connected to the voice of God, but to get there, to let the Holy Spirit of God connect with your spirit on a daily basis and to take you into places where he's leading you into those paths of righteousness, into the, into the, 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 the green pastures, the still water. To get there, man, you have to be willing to say, I'm going to say no to some of the junk. I'm going to be willing to say no to, to, to some of the things that's robbing my time. And I'm going to listen to the heart of God. And I'm going to get along with God. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to listen. You say, Jeff, all that sounds like kindergarten. How long are you going to stay there? How long are you going to stay in kindergarten? Because God's saying to some people today, I've got big time things I want to pour into your life, but you can't step into them until you learn to read your Bible, learn a few verses, pray a little bit, say no to some things. Remember I told you to hold that mirror up to your life? Does your life look more like chaos or does it look more like perfect peace? Does it look more like chaos and disorder? Or does it look like something that's really headed somewhere and turning into something beautiful? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes right there where you're sitting? Father, it is not your will for any of your children to live in chaos and disorder. You want us to live in order, in order that leads to fulfillment. So right now, Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you will lead your people to make the steps that we need to make to step into everything that you have for us. While everyone has their heads bowed and eyes closed right now, I want you to hear what I'm saying. There is a step that will lead you into freedom in your life. But before you can find freedom, you first have to find Jesus. And we've, we, we've sang these songs about Jesus this morning. 
But if you don't really know him, then you're just singing words. And he wants to give you this freedom. And freedom is the second step on the journey. And the first step is to move from being lost to being saved. And this morning as I talk about that lack of peace, holes in the wall, your life being in chaos, as I talk about things like the frustration and the guilt and shame that comes from making the wrong decision, the bad decision over and over and over, and now you just live with that and there's a voice that tells you, tells you that you're never going to make it, you're always going to do the wrong thing. If that's you this morning, I want you to hear me say, the Spirit of God is in this room, and He wants to set you free from all of those lies. And He wants to shine His light of truth. But it all starts with you making a decision to accept Him as your Savior and also as your Lord. So, I'm going to ask everybody in the room, stand to your feet right now. Everybody stand to your feet. Just stay as still and as quiet as you can. Keep your heads bowed, eyes closed, nobody looking around. Band's starting to play behind us a little bit. First thing I'm going to ask for, I need about four people that would be willing to be a prayer warrior this morning. We, we're not going to get anywhere without praying for something. I need about four people to step right up here to the front that would be willing to be a prayer warrior. And prayer warriors, you just guys just want to kneel down or face this altar, whatever. Just, just start praying for what God's wanting to do right now. Now, as these prayer warriors are coming, they're praying for some people right now who are fighting hell. Prayer warriors, I need you to go into battle mode right now because there's some people that, that Satan does not want to, to, Satan doesn't want these people to know God. Some of you who are here right now, you know that you're that person. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You know that, that your life is out of order. You know that it's chaos. You know that there's guilt and shame and grief. And right now, there's a group of people who's praying for you. And right now is your opportunity to say, God, I want the peace that you have for me. If that's you right now, if you want to give your life to Jesus and you want to start brand new in this new year, finding freedom, would you just step out of your seat and start making your way right down here Step right down here to where I am. Come on. Don't be scared of it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on down here. If you'll just kneel down right here, sir. Who else? Somebody else. Come on down. Come on down and take hold of the hand of Jesus this morning. Any, anybody ready to do that thing? Come on down, sir. Come on down. Amen. Got a few people coming right now. My guess is there's some more that they don't want to just come down by themselves. They want to, don't want to stand out on their own. We got three guys down here right now. I'm going to ask everybody in the room right now. Look at the person beside of you. Just ask me. If I go down there, will you go with me? There's some people that will come if somebody will come. Come on, everybody in the room. Ask the person beside If I go down there, will you go with me? Come on. I see people moving. Amen. Praise God. Come on down. If I go down there, will you go with me? Here we go. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go. If I go down there, will you go with me? Let's go. Let's go. My God. Some people want to meet Jesus today. The power of a friend. A friend will come down there and walk with you through some stuff. Anybody else? If I go down there, will you go with me? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray and accept Jesus this morning. We're going to see some people get saved this morning. All right. All right. Come on down. If you're coming, come on down. If you're up here at the front of this church this morning, you're kneeling down, praying that God will save your soul and set you free. If that's you, I want you to repeat these words after me. Let's pray out loud. Let's pray together. Repeat these words after me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. 
I want to put that season of my life, I want to put it behind me. And the only way I can do that is to give it to you. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe in the cross that you gave your life for me, that you have forgiven me of my sins. When I get up today, God, I'm leaving my sins at this cross. I will not be the same person when I walk back. I will follow you, Jesus. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. I give you my life, and I ask you to bring order. I ask you to bring freedom. I ask you to lead me to where you want me to go. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Now, if you just said that prayer, everybody up here on the front row, come on, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. All right, hold it, church, hold it, church, hold it, church. I'm going to lose them. Listen, listen, listen. Before you go back to your seats, before you go back to your seats, before you go back to your seats, if you just said that prayer and accepted Jesus as your Lord, I want you to just find a seat on this front row, anywhere on this front row. Some of y'all front row people might have to slide back one row to make room for my folks. Jackie and the Connections team is going to grab some cards. We want to get some information from you so that we can follow up with you and help you with your next steps. TJ, if you'll help Jackie, please. Some of y'all help Jackie to get some cards. Don't go back to your seat until you fill out the cards so that we can follow up with you and take some next steps. Now, our band is getting ready to sing a worship song. Man, we've just seen people giving their lives to Christ, lives being changed. Let's sing like the saved this morning. And if there's something that you need to give to God that has nothing to do with salvation, you just need to pray about some things. This altar is open. Let's pray. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com.